For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For a record 14th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco the podcast. I can't believe it. I've done it. I've made my 14th podcast episode. My previous high was 13. Before that, it was just three. So I keep getting better. So based on that growth, I would expect to do no less than 50-something episodes of this. Which should take me through, at five episodes a week, should take me through another, like, three, four weeks. So we got to get on this, guys. We got to make sure this thing grows. Keep me interested. Today, speaking of interested, it is fucking draft week. And the NFL draft is Thursday. And I don't watch college football. That presents me a bit of a content problem. Because I have an ego. And I don't like being wrong very often. So part of being as smart as I am, as strategic I am, is I'm going to let somebody else do the work this week. Still going to be me on every single podcast. I'm just bringing on. I'm bringing on an expert. I'm bringing on somebody like Sean McVay. He brings on somebody to you know. He doesn't touch the defense. He doesn't want to fucking deal with it. It's Wade Phillips' problem, or was Wade Phillips' problem? I got my boy Doug. Doug watches and studies and does as much fucking college football viewing as anybody I know. He is the guy that I that I call when the Niners take a third round linebacker from Penn State. And I go, who is Navarro Bowman? He goes, don't worry, you'll like him. Turns out I did. So uh, Doug's got a lot of credibility with me. Hopefully that means he's got at least some credibility with you. Um, we're going to be going through his, uh, this week's going to be great. Um, today is just me. We are, uh, I'm, I've got, uh, we're, I'm talking about Carson Palmer, the last Bengals quarterback to take that they took first overall. I think it was the last anyways. feels like the last. Yeah. And then, um, a Heisman trophy winner first overall went to the Bengals. That sound like, sound like a storyline that we might be dealing with here. Uh, and then I'm, I'm also going to tell you why I don't watch college football. And what college football would need to do to, to bring me into the fold. So, and then uh, tomorrow is going to be the mock draft. Uh, no, tomorrow is we going over Doug's like top fives and top sevens at each position. He's basically going to like teach me the draft heading into the draft. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Wednesday is the actual mock draft. I've got it. Doug's done it. Um, but we're going we're gonna to look at it. We're going to go through it and give it to you guys on Wednesday. The draft is Thursday. The Thursday pod will probably be, you know, me trying to pull everything together and and think of like, okay, what's the crazy shit that could happen now that, you know, Doug has educated me on uh, on the draft. And then Friday is going to be the draft recap. So um, I'm excited. This is, uh, we actually have NFL content this week. 
and I'm fucking pumped. So um, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to get a word from our not at all fake sponsor. And, uh, and then we're going to get into Carson Palmer, the last Bengals quarterback to be taken first overall. Let's get to it. Episode 14 of Not Joe Flacco, the podcast, is brought to you by Prison. Prison, as in, if I'm not going to read or work out or better myself in any way while I'm on quarantine, I'm basically telling myself that none of this will happen until I go to prison. Because then I'll have time, peace, quiet. I'll just have one roommate, not three prison. Thanks for sponsoring Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. So it's draft week here at uh, Not Joe Flacco, the podcast, and uh, I don't watch college football. So this gets a little difficult for, for your boy. So I got, I got, uh, I'm bringing in the big dogs this week, but the the Bengals are on the clock. The Bengals have the number one pick in the draft, and the Heisman Trophy winner is sitting there, quarterback, record holder, right? Huge season, national champion. But the Bengals have already been down this path before. The, the Bengals have already had the number one pick they spent on a highly touted Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. And that guy's name is Carson Palmer. And he had a really interesting and fucked up and and underrated career. And I want to take you guys through it because it's kind of it's kind of batshit insane. I mean, he's he's you, when you look at his career, when you look at the end of it, okay, he's on a short list with some guys that you probably wouldn't expect him to be on that list with. So I pulled – so uh, Carson Palmer's 294 touchdowns, and he threw a touchdown on 4.7% of his passes and threw an interception on less than 3% of his passes. So 294, 4.7, under 3% interceptions. There's only seven other guys that have ever done that. Breeze, Brady, Manning, Rivers, Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Matt Ryan, and Carson Palmer. And pretty much all of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, the only, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Rivers and Roethlisberger, you know, I'd say Roethlisberger's in because of the rings, Rivers, uh, you know, but he's, those are seven of the best quarterback, and this is going back to 1970. And so these, the numbers that Carson Palmer has put up in any other era would have been phenomenal and are really, are, are and again, are even really good in this era. I mean, he's on, this list is, again, pretty much nothing but, Hall of Famers and Borderline Hall of Famers. And so 
for you know, but this is what you this is what you this is what you expect from a first overall draft pick out of USC Heisman Trophy winner. You expect this guy to have this great career. Well, it didn't. It was all over the place, and a lot of that's to do with who drafted him, because the Bengals have always been a clusterfuck of an organization. And it starts, you know, it starts at, as with every business. It starts at the top. You know, Mike Brown does not hire. That they don't have a great scouting department. They've got the fewest scouts. They year over year over year over year over year. They always have the fewest scouts in the league. They've got the fewest coaches in the league. Their trainers are are always, you know, their training departments are one of the skimpiest in the NFL. And. And they don't, and, and they struggle. They're the Bengals, the Bungles. Um, you know, they had Marvin Lewis for what fifteen seasons. Maybe felt like thirty, uh, but they had Marvin Lewis for like fifteen seasons. Never won a playoff game, even though they had some good teams. But they just kind of, they weren't. They've never been that kind of first class organization. And. Carson Palmer. So okay, so let's just go back to Joe Burrow and Carson Palmer because again, these guys are kind of eerily similar. They're both going to get they're both going to get drafted first overall by the Bengals. So check one. They're the same age. Like their birthdays are only seventeen days apart, and they're the same age at when they were drafted. Uh, drafted twenty three, turning twenty four during the next season. Um, they both are from towns that I would. Never live in Ames, Iowa, and Fresno, California for Carson Palmer. Both won a Heisman. Um, and both won their their last bowl game. Carson Palmer beat the number uh, number three team in the country. Didn't win the national title, but um, uh, Joe Burrow obviously did. Now uh, Burrow's put up a lot different stats. Like I think Carson Palmer only threw for like seventy something touchdowns his entire college career, and Joe Burrow just threw for sixty last season. But I kind of want to focus on just on the on the Bengalsness of this and how it really fucked up Carson Palmer's career, kind of where he got taken, because that's a lot of this. You know, it's like you look at somebody like Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith, and everybody going into the 2005 draft was saying it's between these two quarterbacks. And the Niners, for whatever reason, didn't draft Aaron Rodgers. I've heard it's because during a pre-draft interview that Rodgers refused to jump on one foot, and so they deemed him uncoachable or too much of a diva or... Whatever. But this is fucking Mike Nolan. So, you know, obviously somebody's careers turned out pretty good and somebody's didn't. Mike Mike Nolan's being the one that didn't. But my point is is that the organization that drafts you can mold you and dictates, you know, how you – the rest of your career. You know, if the Niners – the Niners were so dysfunctional that if they'd taken Aaron Rodgers with that first overall pick – we would not be talking about Aaron Rodgers like he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I guarantee it. They were just too dysfunctional. 
Nobody was going to rise above that. And you see that with Alex Smith, who's turned into a very serviceable or better quarterback. And is a playoff-level quarterback year in and year out. But was just a, just his entire career was just obliterated. And he's, he's kind of never gotten out from under that. And again, organizations matter. And the Bengals are not a good organization. If any, if anybody wanted, if Joe Burrow wanted to pull an Eli and get himself out of Cincinnati, nobody would fucking blame him. Nobody that knows anything would fucking blame him. And so I'm I'm curious to see how he turns out because if he's good enough, he's going to the Bengals are going to kind of have to be forced to support him. And maybe he can drag them into being a first-class organization. I fucking doubt it. Because right? the Bengals have been to Super Bowls and didn't change. Right? Um, so Carson Palmer, drafted, doesn't play a snap his first year. Not a snap. If you look at his uh, pro football reference page, it looks like he was, if you, if you don't know any better, it looks like he was drafted in 2004 instead of 2003. He just didn't play a snap. John Kitna was the starter that year. Um, so anyways, comes in, uh, starts 13 games, goes 6-7, and seven, uh, almost throws throws for three thousand yards, eighteen touchdowns, eighteen interceptions. Kind of like a a, a a a good but not great first year. Well, then his next two years he goes and makes the Pro Bowl. And what's interesting to that is he made the Pro Bowl. They go to a playoff game. Obliterate Kimo von Olhoffen obliterates his knee, like ACL tear, MCL tear, cartilage tear. Uh, knee uh, uh, dislocation, like everything you could do to your fucking knee, he did. And they even changed the the rule that you can't go after somebody's lower leg is because of that hit. And that was like in the first series of the playoff game against the Steelers. And then from there, dude, rehabs all, you know, this is January. Yeah, rehabs and rehabs and rehabs and comes back that next year. Like he's tears ACL in, in January 2006 and comes back in 2006 and makes the Pro Bowl again. Through 32 touchdowns in, in 2005, 28 touchdowns in 2006, 3,800 yards in 2005, 4,000 yards in 2006. This guy was a baller. 2007, 4,000 yards. Threw a lot of interceptions, but 4,000 yards. Um, and so, gets hurt the next year, goes 10 and 6 in 2009, and then just the wheels completely fall off in 2010. And the Bengals go 4 and 12. He's 31 at this point. He's had two winning seasons. Two winning seasons, he's lost a season to uh, just not to being the rookie that has to sit. 
Um, an ACL, you know, his knee completely blew up. Another another season that he basically scrapped where he only played four games. And he demands a trade. But because this is the Bengals, they stand firm. Nobody's, you signed a contract, you got to stick to it. And from there, Carson Palmer just goes, literally says, I will never step foot in Paul Brown Stadium again. I have $80 million in the bank. Mic drop, fuck you, I'm out. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm out. Retires. Doesn't file his paper, but retires. Jason Campbell. Okay, so... Meanwhile, on the West Coast, Al Davis has died. The Raiders owner. Scion of the league. Right? One of the one of the old school, old school, old school co- uh, owners. A contemporary of Mike Brown's father, Paul Brown. Um... So, so Al Davis dies, and there's this, and because Al Davis was the Jerry Jones style GM owner, and all of a sudden there's no fucking GM in in Oakland, and Hugh Jackson is the coach, and Hugh Jackson ends up trading like a first and a second and maybe some other stuff mid season for a guy that's retired. And yanks Carson Palmer out of there because he knows Carson Palmer because he was at USC and he recruited him. He's part of the uh, recruiting and he was a wide receivers coach in, in Cincinnati and everything else. And so signs him like literally off the street. And then <laughs> goes to Carson. Like, anyway, so bring him, they work him out, blah, 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 suit him up. And he's a he's the backup, like the first game possible, he's the backup. And then Hugh Jackson in the most like this is the most Hugh Jackson th- fucking thing I've, I've I've read in a while and 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 another reason why this guy needs to be back in the league Hugh Jackson basically goes into him he goes all right champ it's halftime we're gonna get you in and Car- and Carson Palmer says like I don't know I don't know the plays I don't know my teammates I don't I don't know shit anyway goes in throws like three interceptions anyways um. Oakland ends up, he goes, uh, Carson Palmer goes four and five the rest of the season. Um, still 60% passer. Throws, you know, too many interceptions for probably is like in one of the only seasons that he actually throws more interceptions than picks. And um, they miss the playoffs. The Bengals actually make the playoffs that year. Obviously, they don't win a game because it's the Bengals. Um, next season, four and 11 with the Raiders. And then the year after that, he's traded to the Cardinals, where he gets this, you know, what's kind of dubbed as this career revival. It's not really a revival. This guy's been a good, solid quarterback his entire career. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons where he threw for more than 20 touchdowns. But what's interesting to me in just looking at all this stuff is he went basically 10 seasons between 30 touchdown seasons. Think about that. Like you're you're that solid of a QB to be able to stick around that entire time. You're not getting your coaches killed. You're not getting your teammates killed. Um, you know you're a a solid plus quarterback 
this entire time. He's just playing for, he played for the Bengals, the Raiders after Al Davis died, and then went to the Cardinals. Of all the organizations, of like you, you couldn't pick three worse. The odds of like just grabbing those three organizations out of a hat and saying, "Hey, you're going to spend 15 years playing football, and you're going to only play for these three organizations." There's no, there's, there, the, I can't think of a worse combination of organizations. Maybe the fact that the he never played for the Jets, I think, is 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 mind boggling. Because this feels like he should have had like maybe maybe Oakland, then the Jets, then the Cardinals. Yeah, right, he goes through a, you know uh, has a great career uh, end of season career with the the Cardinals. Ends up going ten and six, um, then thirteen and three, or it's ten and six, six and zero oh, gets hurt, thirteen and three, and then kind of trails off at the end, six and eight. Three and four. But in 2015, he threw 35 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Like Carson Palmer, again, let's go back to that, that, that other list of guys that we're talking about here. The guys on this list are phenomenal. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan. Only quarterback since 1970 for throw for 294 touchdowns. A uh, 4.7% TD percentage and less than a 3% interception percentage. So don't sleep on Carson Palmer. He just went to a shitty organization. And again, I bring this up because Joe Burrow, he might be really good, but there were a lot of people that thought that Carson Palmer was like a borderline bust or something. No, he just played for three of the worst organizations in football. So... Good luck, Joe. You're going to need it, buddy. Okay, so as I mentioned at the top, I don't watch college football. And I figured I'd get into it a little bit on, on why that is. And I'll start by saying I don't watch college football for the same reason I don't watch MLS soccer or the WNBA, or college basketball, or minor league baseball. It's I don't watch it because it's not the best. So well, how did you watch the 49ers all those years? Well, I fucking sucked it up. The 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 deeper thing though is that, and it's not that it's just as fucking shallow as the other thing. Um, is that listen, I, I wasn't raised on it. College football was was not a part of my upbringing, and I didn't go to a football school. Went to a party school, party school that isn't a football school, and so um, I just never, it, just never, I just never had an, I just never had an anchor. I never had something that was like tying me down. Like oh, okay, this is part of my routine. And I'm gonna do this. And the closest I've ever come is is with my with my buddy Doug, who I've lived with a couple times, and um, he's gonna be the guy that is my draft guru for this week. And we're gonna go through all his you know top fives and top sevens and mock drafts. It's, it's his mock draft. This is like his fucking. This is his week. 
and I'll just be there to kind of go, are you sure? I've never fucking heard of that guy. Um, but it, the reason that, I, that I've that i stayed away from college football is that, I again, I don't like that there's, I don't like that they're not the best players, right? I don't like the, and I don't like the fact that week in and week out, the big schools are invariably beating up on the shitty schools. And so I've got a solution for this that somebody else might have put out there. I don't know. But I don't read about college football. So it's original to me. Um, But it's borrowed from, it's borrowed from like English soccer and, and professional soccer. This idea of promotion and relegation. And it solves a couple problems. So my idea is that you know, you've got, say, 100 and what is it, like 120 teams uh, that play either, let's just say, Division One football. You got 100 or 100. Let's just call it 100 because I'm not willing to look it up. Well, that would give you four divisions of 24 teams. And those divisions would be allowed to pay their players a different amount. At every level. So it like at in the top division, you know, the players are all making quarter million dollars a year. And in the second division, they're all making eighty thousand dollars a year. Plus their plus the the schooling and everything. Then the third division, they're on scholarship. And then the fourth division, it's no non-scholarship. So, you know, the, 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 the smaller schools that just, just do not offer scholarships. Or maybe it's like, you, instead of being on scholarship, it's like half your team can be scholarships or whatever. We'll, get to the, we'll figure out the details once they make me the head of the NCAA. So this solves a couple of problems. One, the issue for me with college football is that these guys don't play the top teams week in and week out. And, you know, so you've got, you know, it's like how many real games does anybody outside the SEC actually play? The SEC is the closest we've got to this. But then you've got like, you know, Oklahoma can go through their entire schedule and play like maybe two decent teams. You know, the Pac-6, what was it, the Pac-10, 12, 14, 16? I don't even know how many fucking teams is in there. That's probably, that's up there. They've got some, you know, they've always got good quarterbacks and they've always, they're always chucking the ball all over the place. Um, but these teams can avoid, you know, when you're not in the SEC, you can avoid playing really good teams unless you're Notre Dame or, uh, you are, um, in the SEC. But if there was, if you just took the top 24 teams and said, okay, these are your, you know, you, you guys are, there's two divisions, two conferences, everybody plays each other once. And then at the end of that, there's a four-team playoff. So the top two teams from each conference face off. And there's your there's your Division One, there's your real Division One national championship. But everybody's playing on the same level. They can all pay their players. They're paying their players the same amount. And 
they've won enough to stay up there because if you're in the bottom three teams, call it the bottom four teams. Okay, let's make it the bottom three teams. You're moving out. You move down a level if you're in the bottom three teams. And the three, the the bottom, the top three from the division below you are then moving up. And this would create, I think, yeah, one, you'd have you'd you could still have all your bowl games because you'd have like the division four championship and the division three championship and the division two playoffs and the division one playoffs. So you'd have all these different playoff scenarios. You'd have you'd change all the rivalries up. Right, but you'd also have the you'd you'd have this energy around. Okay, you've got to like the promotion and relegation. The teams that are are that are fighting over relegation in professional soccer are playing just as hard as anybody that is trying to um, that is fighting for for the league title because there's so much fucking money at stake in the. Uh, in the top divisions, right? So you get more money and and everything else. So there's real incentive to stay up. And now the players would know, right? The players would know. Okay, I'm I'm going to go to this school, and I know where I'll be playing, and I know what I'll be I'll, I'll be making. And there's a chance if I don't play well that I'm going to get a pay cut. And I think coaches would stick around longer, right? Because, like, sure, there's the top 24 teams, right? But you could, like, the Boise State guys, right? Boise State was always there. They could win their way up. And all of a sudden, they're a, they're a big school. They're playing on just as many big games. And if you're thinking you're going to go to the league, if you think you're going to go to the NFL – you know you're paying. So all the talent pushes up to the top and then it trickles down from there. But the best coaches coach the teams up. It would be so good for – well, it would just be good for me because then I would actually probably find some interest in college football because that type of dynamic, that type of constant competition is interesting for me because the, the, the amazing thing about the NFL is every week fucking matters. And it doesn't in college. Not every week matters. You don't have to get your you don't have to be your best every single week in college football. And the coaches know the teams that they don't have to be great against. And sure, there's an upset every once in a while. There's an Appalachian State that knocks off Michigan or whatever. See, I know enough of this shit. But you don't but there isn't the constant week in and week out pressure. And I but I think this solves that and would bring in people like me to to college football and I'd be watching more of these games because of it, because you've got a higher concentration of the best players at the end and you've got more games between the best players. And because of that, the games are better and the competition's better. And you know, the, the talent on the field is better. The product's better. Everything's better. And then you've got the stuff at the bottom where it's like, listen, if that's your school and you went to, you know, Southeast Ohio, uh, uh, the Southeast Ohio State, and that's your school, and you still want to watch them? Sure, go watch them. But you know, they only get five scholarships, and if they, if you want to do better, they got to win more. So I think it, I think it solves the competition problem that I see. It solves the paying the players problem, 
that is evident throughout because now you don't have to pay every single player. Right? Some of the schools, yeah, you're right. Some of the schools can't afford to pay these players. But the top schools sure as shit can. And all that money can just trickle down to the to because and all that money can just trickle down to the rest. Anyways, I solved the college football problem, or at least my problem with college football. And uh God, I hope I really hope you guys enjoy draft week. Doug and I are uh gonna put in some time this week, or Doug's gonna put in some time. I'm this would be like just me cramming for a test, and I would just end up sounding like an even bigger moron than some of you already think I am. So I'm not going to try and pretend to be some college football fucking expert. I got my boy Doug for that. I'm just going to be the the uh, comedic. God, I, I hope so. But um, anyways, it, we're gonna we're gonna have fun. Uh, so tomorrow is the um, tomorrow we're going over top fives, top sevens at each position. I'm going to ask him who the hell these guys are. Doug is going to try and coach me up on who the fuck. <laughs> some of these players are and why I should be paying attention to them. Wednesday, we're going to drop the mock draft. Uh, Thursday is the draft. And so I'll have some kind of like oh, things that we've talked about. And I'll just try and wrap all those up in for Thursday morning's pod. And then Friday's pod is going to be all sorts of, you know, we are uh, Friday's pod is going to be a recap of the first round and all of the chaos that hopefully comes from everybody doing picks from their fucking basement. So, anyways, guys, appreciate you. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.